This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, high atop our complex in South Florida, West Palm Beach, downtown Family Church, third floor corner of my office. Also with my co-host, Leslie Bennett. And Leslie, we're here to talk to the guys who are at the tip of the spear when it comes to reopening at Family Church. That's right. So we have to remind our listeners that we're in South Florida. We're still in the middle of the coronavirus crisis here. Um, Things are opening up more, but we're not as open as some parts of the country. So we want to continue having these conversations. And we're invited in today, Tyler Kaur, who leads all of our student ministries, and then Garrett Haywood, who leads our high school and so like any church, we have multiple That's hats, exactly so Garrett right. wears more than one hat, so we're grateful to have him on our team. Hey guys, so we have talked about this on some previous episodes, but as the reopening has gone on, so we've been open now, I guess, for about seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And as that's gone on, we've learned a lot more because all of our facilities aren't open. We're still masked and distancing, and it makes student ministry a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. But Todd, I'd love for you to share this kind of... What are we trying to do now as we are reopen? Where are we in this reopening strategy when it comes to students? Sure. Our strategy is kind of taking shape, I don't know, over the last three months because we've still got in South Florida the full spectrum of students and families in terms of their comfort level with regathering. Right. Yep. So probably students are maybe more on the tip of the spear in terms of being willing to be close to friends and things like that. But so we've tried to formulate our ministry to be able to reach and engage with students whose parents are like, do not go out of the house. Do not see anybody. You have to stay here and engage students whose parents are like, yeah, go hug everybody. You know, I don't mm-hmm. care. And so we've had to find ways to meet both of those people where they are. And so we've started doing some in-person gatherings, not on our campuses, but, you know, Garrett has done a great job taking students over to the beach and having hangouts on the beach and little devotionals. And then we've also done things just to reach students virtually through something we've called midweek mashup, kind of a virtual 20 minute variety show. Bible study that's kind of meant to tee up our our Zoom groups for small group discussion there. And so we've tried to accommodate both sides of the spectrum on that. And uh, you have some bleed over into both, but we're reaching a lot of students that we wouldn't reach, you know, doing both of those. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So how's that all going, Garrett? So when we do midweek mashup, mm-hmm. how is that? I know we've been doing that for how long now? It's been about seven weeks. Uh, so, so for seven weeks, how's that going as far as a uh, tool for engagement? It's been a really good tool. Our Zoom groups were uh, were waning just a little bit in terms of at the end um, of the summer. Yes, sir. In mm-hmm. terms in terms of attendance, but also just energy for those who were there. Mm-hmm. So Zoom groups has brought some new life to it, but it's it's created some really good conversation. So last week we talked about marriage. God's design for marriage is one man, one woman for life. And we had a middle school boy who said, "Hey guys, can't we make a 2020 version of that? Like, what's that? What's that look like today?" <laughs> that's and, awesome. Um, and we had another middle school boy chime in and say, "That's God's design. It doesn't change." It's, it's just conversations like that are happening all over. Where midweek mashup is kind of bringing some new life into our Zoom groups in, in that way. All right. Now, now I don't know how this goes, and I don't even know the answer to this question. So I just be truthful. So, like, when we started, how was engagement versus over seven weeks? Does it go up? Does it go down? Stay the same? How does that work? 
it's fluctuated. So it kind of depends on the week because even since we started, we started in summer and since then school started back, right. society's opened up a little bit more. And so there's been a lot of different mm-hmm. offerings. And so if you go just by the views on YouTube of our midweek mashup, we've tried to intentionally keep those down because we're starting to have some in-person watch parties. Right, right. And so the win is if we can get you know our West Campus to gather and have a pool party and hang out right. and watch, and then you can kind of turn in and have a discussion there. So it's kind of week to week, just depending, honestly, the key is how many watch parties. So you have more watch in parties, person. you actually have less views for right. more. Okay. Exactly. Higher engagement. Now, as you're doing this, what are some things you guys are learning? Because some of this is necessitated by COVID, but then as we do what COVID makes us do, we're actually learning some things we're probably going to keep doing. Mm-hmm. Garrett, I'm interested in your thoughts. Yeah, we've, we've learned a few things. So I think there are some students who are um, who are more willing to speak in a Zoom group. It's not an ideal situation, but we do have some students who, because like Zoom, you can't just throw out a question and like wait for some, because somebody interrupts somebody. And uh, we've all seen that Apple commercial is super funny. But <laughs> it, some students are more willing to talk when we have to sit, ask a question and call somebody out. And so in some ways, it's created some good discussion in that way. So we, we've learned a few things like that. All right. I'm also seeing just a true desire for our students to meet each other outside of church, right? And so going to the beach, for instance, Garrett takes however many middle schools over to the beach, their parents come, they hang out. And so you kind of get a parent small group while you got students hanging out and spending time together. And so even once we start to regather in person on Sunday mornings and as we start to open back up, you start to see, because we're so spread out in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, just my wife's ninth grade girl small group downtown from right. one house to the next is an hour and a half. Right, and so right, getting these yeah. people together That's during right. the week is really, really hard. And so fostering that type of intimate community that we want is challenging, but it's something worth fighting for. And there's a, a real desire there. So we're, we're definitely learning that. I'll tell you a quick story about that if I can. So we, we jumped on a Zoom. We have all of our guys in one Zoom right now, sixth through eighth grade. So we jumped on a Zoom probably six weeks ago and people are chiming into the Zoom and it's dinging and the kids jump on. It's Joe, is that you? <laughs> is that Max? Is that you? <laughs> and they go to the same school, but they didn't know they went to the same church. And so mm. just kind of fostering those connections, even in the middle of a pandemic has been super. So I'd say one other thing that I'm learning too is how social media and YouTube actually can translate to in-person experiences. Mm-hmm. And so even a story from Midweek Mashup, this week, we had a family at our Sherbrooke campus and Jake Kimbrell, amazing student minister at that campus. And he said, we had a family show up with two students this week and they were looking for a church. I said, How, how'd you find us? So we we're looking for a church and our students stumbled across this thing called Midweek Mashup on YouTube. Didn't have any connection to our church. Mm-hmm. And so I said, that looked like a great church where we can go and grow in our faith. And so they showed up this Sunday in person at Sherbrooke. That was just a huge win. Now, as you guys have kind of worked through this too, one of the things that I've seen is you guys have actually steered your students on Sunday morning. You've kind of engaged them to serve as we've reopened these campuses. And that's been amazing to watch. How have you Mm -hmm. done that? It's been hard, first of all, to identify who's, who's willing to come. That's a fluid list, who's willing to come and who's not. But a lot of them, like you find the influencers who who love serving, get them to serve and they go tell their friends how much fun it is. And so we've got students serving in kids ministry that are really good with kids. And so as we try to, you know, that's, that's been kind of at the tip of the spear for us as we open, reopen Sunday mornings. And so getting My the kids in- are serving in the parking lot because they must be really good with parking. <laughs> that's right. I, I heard <laughs> more horns. I heard, I heard more horns going off than ever this week uh, as people were pulling in. Your kids were holding those honk yeah, My kids signs. hold these yeah. signs that say honk if you love family church or something and people that's do right. it. So. so, and I think also, I think students want to have a purpose. Yes. I mean, they, they want to have a reason. They want somebody to miss them. 
They want to know that they're contributing to something. They're part of something much bigger than themselves. And so it's a pretty easy sell for students, 62 calling them and just saying, hey, we need you. Like you're vital to what we're doing here and we need you to be a part of this. So our gardens campus, for instance, we would love to have small groups for students open on Sunday mornings as soon as possible. At the same time, we've got so many students and so many student leaders who are serving in the kids ministry right now, mm-hmm. it'd be a pretty big blow right. to pull them all out. Right. And so just connecting them to a larger purpose. And also when you talk about kids going to college, one of the reasons there's such a big dropout rate when kids go to college is because most students never actually served in the church. Mm. And so church has been more inward focused about what can the church give me? And That's so right. kids who serve, when they go to church, they're actually looking for how can I contribute to the DNA of a congregation. And so it's a totally different mindset. And those kids actually stick long-term. So it's a big value of ours. So we have kids and students doing things like serving as helping hands in the kids' ministry or the preschool ministry. We're having them greeting people at the doors. We're That's having right. them, we use a lot of signage out in the parking lot and people holding signs. If you've ever seen, so you guys, you have ever done that before. If you've ever seen like the guy in the chicken suit in front of the insurance uh, agency, <laughs> that's kind of the way we do it. But letting students do that. I've just watched, especially during this time, Leslie, when a lot of older people are uncomfortable coming to church or maybe feel uncomfortable serving in high contact positions. A lot of our students aren't afraid of it. And so it's given them a real way to engage. And honestly, it's it's made our church feel more welcoming because we have a truly multi-generational That's right. first impressions team. Instead, you know, typically first impressions team tend to be kind of empty nesters or beyond. And this is just really diversified that I think in a really pleasant way. So I'm curious, Tyler and Garrett, both of you, because you both think strategy and philosophy a lot of the time. So as you think back over the things that we've been through over the last six months and the iterations of student ministry that we've had to go through, I mean, are there some lessons that you feel like you've learned that you want to carry forward as we go into potentially more opened up posture? Hmm. Goodness, so much has happened in the last you know, however, seven months, it feels like an eternity. I know. And we've been in so many different stages from being in school to total lockdown to summer to reopening. Yeah. And in South Florida, just so everybody understands, today, it's the third week of September. Today, as we're taping this, actually is the first day our public schools have reopened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. today, and only about less than half of the, about 40% of the public school students chose to go back to school. 60% of the parents chose to keep their public school students home because they're not ready to send them mm-hmm. back. So there is a real fear factor and a real sense of caution that pervades our culture in South Florida for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd say for me, I think it's more about things that we maybe were not putting as much value or emphasis on in terms of our strategy and how it plays out that I think through this season, we've realized maybe there's some, maybe more some outside of the box ways that we could do that. And so, like I said earlier, I think off-campus gatherings during the week is going to be huge from kids going to jump parks to gathering in homes and having people over just to spend time together outside of church is, is going to be really important. And I think standardizing, one of the things we've done is we've actually standardized our teaching through midweek mashup mm-hmm. to where all the students are hearing from one of the student pastors at one campus through our midweek mashup. And so I do think there's that's taken some pressure off of our student pastors and allowed them to spend maybe a little more time shepherding than in other things. So I think that's something that we'll look towards in the future. If there's a way that we could standardize a couple of things, that's always when it comes to multi-site, the question is, what are you going to, how much are you going to align and what are you going to empower each campus to do? Standardization, customization, conversation. Uh, Leslie, one of the things that you and I are both impressed with is, is what they're doing with college ministry. So let me tell you what I've observed and then I'd love for you to ping back and then let you guys respond. 
So at our church, we've always had a strong college ministry. If by college ministry, you mean lots of college students show up because our, especially our downtown campus is literally across the street from Palm Beach Atlantic University. So every on a typical Sunday during when school's in session, we'll have two or 300 Palm Beach Atlantic University students at our worship gatherings. But we've really done a horrible job, at least since I've been the pastor here, collecting our college students into any kind of a viable college ministry where they're connected, where they're being intentionally discipled. And boy, since COVID happened, mm-hmm. you guys have done something that we've never done before. Not in my time here. Yeah. <laughs> and you've seen that too, Leslie, because you've had kids come through our college program and boy, it wasn't so great. I know. That's so true. Like how you pulled this off again, tip of the spear when it comes to regathering people has definitely been our college ministry. So I, I'm not sure who's the best person to ask this to. I know we we shifted our strategy a little bit um, when it came to that. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners how you are very intentional about making that happen, especially during this time. Sure. We had some big opportunities ahead of us. So Garrett oversees 10-2 Collective, which is a monthly college worship service. And, uh, they use and the word was, collective because college kids, they love communism. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. <laughs> that's a buzzword. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a monthly college worship gathering that had seen some good growth, and, and Garrett had done a great job leading that out. Garrett also oversees our internship program, uh, which is another component of kind of college ministry and is developing some great, great college interns for future ministry in Bivo. And, and then Jimmy Paul oversees our college ministry, which was meeting on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. And so we had these three segments, 10-2 Collective, Sunday morning small groups, and the internship. The problem was none of them were really communicating Mm -hmm. with each other prior to COVID. So the alignment wasn't there. And so when all this happened, me, Garrett, Jimmy, Paul got together and said, all right, guys, let's figure out how can we make all of these pieces fit together to where they support each other and kind of strategically work together. Because one of the problems was all of our interns who are just some incredibly solid people Mm -hmm. They had so much to do that they weren't able to participate in our college ministry. Okay? Right, right. Well, so, you know, suck some of your strongest leaders out of your college ministry. Right. You're going to feel that really quickly. And on top of that, they were coming to our 11 o'clock service, all of our college students. Well, our only small group gathering was at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Okay. So we said, all right, let's cancel our 11 a.m. small groups and let's make it Sunday night at 7 p.m. Okay. So every Sunday, that's our kind of shepherding structure. We recruited some incredible leaders, moms and dads and different people who are passionate about being like a family away from family and a home away from home for our college students. And that became, we call it Kairos now. So you give it a cool Greek name and that's, that's right. pretty <laughs> sweet too, right? And that's so that's the same name as our prison ministry. <laughs> yes, yeah, it absolutely okay. is. Yeah, just don't, we don't, asked a bunch of college students, they didn't know about the prison ministry, so <laughs> we were right. good to go. <laughs> so Kairos is weekly and 10-2 is monthly, same time on Sunday night at 7 p.m. So what we did was we kind of reshuffled the pieces around and we made 10-2 the growth driver. So once a month, yeah. we're going to blow it out. We're going to do wings. We're going to do pizza. We're going to do drinks. We're going to have a big kind of production. So the creative tip of the spear for family church is what we want that to be. And the goal of that is to funnel people down to Kairos where they can be paired with somebody who's going to know their name, who's going to know their struggles, who can be their family away from family and home away from home. Somebody who they can have refrigerator rights in their home. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you know, college students want, they really want somebody to pour into them. And so our prayer from the whole beginning of this has been, we don't want to ever outgrow our level of discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so we could really care less. We got a thousand people coming if we don't have enough leaders who can know their name and can shepherd them individually. And so that's been one of the big challenges. So it's been 
incredible and it's worked great. So our, even just this week, we've had two college students give their life to That's Christ. Right. Yeah. Um, That's so and awesome. so That's 10-2 right. Collective happened last Sunday and went, I mean, amazing. And we had some of our interns bring some friends, share Christ with them. I mean, it was just a powerful story. And then last night for Kairos, we had so many first time guests that came from 10 2. We had to start mm-hmm. three new small groups. And so, man, that's so great. It's yep. been phenomenal. Garrett's done a great job of leading out and all the connections and relationship and development he's, he's done has been. It's been fun. Fantastic. I think uh, I'll just add to that. So, I think as we talk about all these things in college ministry, it's like our internship, our interns work for free. Like, they don't, we don't pay our interns. Right. Kairos and Sentu, like, we don't have a, a separate bill that we gather in our church lobby and put painter's tape on the floor to play Foursquare. And, you know, our Tensu Collective Worship Night is it's not a new facility and a hired out, but it's our worship leaders and our buildings. And so we're using what we have to do what we can for the, the people that God has put around us. And so he doesn't have to bless it, but he has been. And it's been really cool. During I this think time. you had a really cool story. You want to take a minute to tell it about one of our interns, Tommy yeah. Lee, and what happened there? Mm. I would love to. That's that's one of the, the salvations that, that Tyler just mentioned. So uh, we had a campaign, an initiative a couple, uh, probably about a year ago now. Who's your one? And uh, and so Tommy, one of our interns, has been uh, he's been praying for Zach for about a year now. And uh, even after the initiative was over church-wide, Tommy kept praying for him, and we, we kept praying with him. And so at Sensu Collective, you know, eight days ago, I come over and Tommy's like, hey, meet this guy, Zach. And he's like, this is my one. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, so, cool. and so Zach that night, Pastor Todd, he's been on the podcast before. Before he was preaching that night, and he just had a segment in his sermon where he's like, "It is worth it to follow Jesus." And Tommy and I were praying for Zach, and and later that week, Zach, Zach sat down at lunch with Tommy and said, "Hey, man, I'm ready to place my faith in Jesus. Like, what do I need mm-hmm. to do?" So they prayed together, and he's he's walking with Jesus and looking toward baptism. And so it's been super cool. Yeah, man, super so cool. phenomenal. So Gary, I'm curious. One of the fascinating things about you, you're administratively gifted. You're a gifted speaker. And you, that's why you end up wearing so many hats, like we talked about earlier in the program. But you're also, you're legally blind. That's right. Right? So we have literally the blind leading the blind that's in right. our college ministry. <laughs> that's right. And Garrett, what, what is the secret? So like, what has happened? Like, why hasn't this happened before? Why haven't we figured this out before? That's a good question. So I think we did a couple of things. I think we rebranded, like Tyler just talked about, to align several things that we had going on mm-hmm. in college ministry. So we had a lot of, mi- a lot of effort without that's, alignment. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, a phrase that we've used a lot is we we pulled the right levers. I think we got some influencers excited about what's going on mm-hmm. at Family Church, and it's not a it's not a fault. It's not a manufactured excitement. It's a it's a genuine one, and they've brought dozens of people with them. And then we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's nothing else going on. So <laughs> to go. we're the only show in town. And so I think we seized several opportunities at the same time. And we've just tripled and quadrupled those ministries in terms of attendance, but in energy and in the way God's moving and, and seeing people come to place their faith in Jesus. So, Well, I've been so encouraged by it. And, you know, Leslie and her husband, George, have uh, three kids that are adults now, but they're pretty recent college graduates. And I know that warms your heart to see all of these kids over here, and I've got kids that are in college and kids mm-hmm. that are out of college and kids that are hopefully going to go to college if they can. And so, I, I don't know, I just love seeing our church all of a sudden catching fire in this area. And I've always been kind of grieved by it, and I've kind of made excuses for it because I've kind of mm-hmm. just said, well, you know, it's a Christian college and they have all these other opportunities and there's all this and there's that. And there's other churches that have more of this or more of that. And, and boy, you kind of taken our excuses away. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this this is really exciting, it and is. and frankly, it's it's a little convicting, and so I'm excited to see what's happening with Kairos and Tentu, and also embarrassed because it makes me think, boy, if we could have <laughs> if we could have had the right team and put them in the place in the right way, then we could have done this before. However, you know, God brought you guys to us 
Tyler and Garrett, and we're so grateful that he has. And we're grateful that you have invested in our students and in, and in our church. So I'd love to give you kind of the last word as we wrap up this podcast. Well, I mean, the other thing I think about when I think about that is, you know, how sometimes when a crisis comes or when everything changes, it does force us to step back and take a look at what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like what you did. You kind of took a look at it. You said, what's not working? We have this opportunity and let's seize this opportunity. And I love how that's happened. And also, I think it's also the fruit of a lot of years of investment. So we have been planting seeds um, for a long time with college students through the internship. And, you know, now we're getting to see the fruit of that um, coming to bear and people really, like you said, catching fire, Garrett. And mm-hmm. so I, I agree with Pastor Jimmy. So thankful for your leadership. So thankful for the things that you're leading our church in. And we do look to you a lot as you guys lead these ministries because um, you are innovative and you do um, do what Garrett just said, start where you are, use what you have and do what you That's can, right. which is what we talk about at Family Church. So thank you for your example. Yeah, I love that. And you know, you know too, what just struck me, Leslie, when you were speaking is that we are seeing some of the fruit of seeds that have been planted long ago, but one of the seeds that was planted long ago by a whole other generation of leaders in our church is Palm yeah. Beach Atlantic University. That's right. right. And that school was started right. in the 1960s by this church, by the pastor of this church, leadership of this church. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, two generations later, we're still reaching people for Christ through the seeds that were planted decades and decades ago. So, yeah. man, what a great... The kingdom of God is just like that. You just always get to stand on the shoulders of giants. That's right. And uh, boy, we get to do that here at Family Church. And I know that our listeners get to do it in your own way, at your own place where you serve, whether it's previous leader, generations of leadership at the church where you serve, or if you're a new church, the people and the churches that have raised you up and trained you and resourced you and put you in the position that you are. If there's any way we can help you, we want to do it. Email us, call us, shout us out on social media, follow us, subscribe, like, etc. <laughs> we want you to do it all. And uh, we're so glad that you participate in these conversations with us because we're in it for you. If there's any way we can help you, I promise you we'll do it. Come see us in South Florida. We'll show you the podcast booth. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett. This is Tyler. This is Garrett and our engineer, Carly. And we're all signing off. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or Check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.